Support for the Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T. All one word at manscaped.com. That is R-I-N-K-R-A-T at manscaped.com. If that's if my math is correct, that's about 16 million balls. All right, we're recording. Yep. All right. Welcome everyone to the Rank Rat Report Podcast. Today, you know it might seem a little bit early, but we're gonna get ahead of everyone. We're gonna do our series playoff preview between the Leafs. And the Lightning, joined by Jason today. How's it going, guys? A uh, lot of fun. We're coming, uh, recording this fresh off the win over the Tampa Bay Lightning in game 81 of the regular season. A spirited Lo- win. A spirited win. I have been talking for literally an entire month about how we need to scratch every single player for this game. Emergency recall the entire AHL team. This game's not going to mean anything. So what, what are we doing? No point of going out. And boy, was I ever wrong. Holy smokes, was I wrong. This game was like, even though it meant nothing, a lot of fun to a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun for the guys to be a part of. And like a good, like, I'd say like in a meaningful game, a good character win. Because again, this, you could have just gone out there and dogged it and said, mm-hmm. who cares? But we didn't. So that's massive. That is massive. How Tampa reacts to this, I don't know, but. Morally, for the team in the room, hopefully it doesn't wake them up. Hopefully not, but for the team in the room, I think this this does wonders for us. So, I agreed. Um, I don't know if natural statric is like broken or something. It's saying that the expected goals tonight were like all situations were seven seven point eight for the Leafs and seven point four two for the Lightning. That's crazy. That that's feels off. Not right. It says five point oh, eight six for the Leafs in the first period. Yeah, that's that's probably not right. On five course high danger course, what the hell? How wrong does that seem? It's funny. Twelve shots for at all situations and five point eight eight six course. I think something is broken there. But that's extremely funny. Anyways, I think at all situations, though, it ended up on Money Puck. You can take a look at that one. Someone screenshotted that on Twitter. But the Leafs were heavily outshot in this game. I believe the total was 49 to 27, 24, something like that. But the expected goals totals were about equal at all situations, which just kind of goes to show that, you know, Tampa was kind of maybe trying to take advantage of a younger goaltender, less experienced, throw everything on net. Um, but it didn't work for them because Joseph Wool was solid tonight. Oh my God, what a performance from Joseph Wool. Didn't know that he was starting until 1 p.m. today, and he had himself a freaking game. Uh, like before this game, he had only started against kind of bottom feederish teams, like the best one being Nashville, not even Calgary, in the playoffs. Calgary, Calgary I got, again, you not know, in the playoffs. I guess Nashville might Nashville. be better than Calgary, yeah. In terms of scoring goals, especially too. Calgary can't <laughs> score goals. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, but thank you for bringing that one up. But then starts against like Montreal, Columbus, a couple starts there. Last one, you know, a bit up and down, kind of fell on his ass at one point, but that was funny. But tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning playing their playoff roster pretty well, right? 
I mean, no Jano, but he's not playing in the, in the first round, it seems like. So he goes up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Limited notice that he was going to start. And my goodness, he had himself a great start. Very clutch. Looked very calm and cool. Collected in the net. Um, had a big save backdoor on Nikita Kucherov of all players going post to post, making that stop there. He looked excellent tonight. Like I, I, I said earlier this year, I would like to see more of Joseph Wall in the NHL, see a couple things. How does he look tracking pucks, looking through screens, adversity, all of that. I mean, it's been how many, five or six games this year, plus a good sample size in the AHL, some very good goaltending. I think he's earned himself the backup job for next year. I know we have Matt Murray under contract for one more year. I do not care. I don't know, care where you send him. You have Joseph Wool on a $762,500 contract. That's a steal to me. He looks fantastic. His mechanics look really good. His form looks really good. He looks quick enough to be in the NHL game. He's big and covers a lot of net. He looks calm, cool, and collected. I really am a huge fan of Joseph Wool. And guess what? Some of the goaltending experts are big on him as well. That's always good to see because, again, we drafted him in the third round. It feels like we really haven't seen the fruits of our labor from the drafts just yet. Not quite. Um, Obviously, Nyes come in, look great. We'll talk about that later. Robertson, unfortunate circumstances surrounding him. Sandin moved. Lilligren looks good. Other than that, it's just kind of been not too many guys coming through the, the systems recently. But again, like Joseph Wall, he drafted in the third round, but that's high pedigree for a goalie. And not like thinking about next year and not to put the cart before the horse here, but mm. I 100% agree with you. He, whether we roll three goalies, two goalies, or or not, like what, whatever we do, he has to be on that roster. Because if that guy goes through waivers, he's getting claimed. He's getting claimed. He <laughs> is, he's not waiver eligible this year. Or sorry, excuse me, next year. Uh, and again, like you said, making 765, like that's nothing for not only next year, but the year after as well. So we have like a legit NHL backup goalie. I, 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 I'll, I'll give it to him right now. He's, an, he's the net backup goalie in the NHL. I think right he'll now, contend think. for some stuff. He'll, he'll push for some starts next year. Yeah, exactly. And all being, things can like all things staying equal. He'll push for some starts next year. He looks really good. He looks like he belongs. And that's the biggest thing you need from a goalie in the NHL. Like, especially like one who's going to be backing you up. As long as he belongs, then the away you go, you know? So yeah. The, yeah. Whether we have four, three goalies on a roster or two and he's the backup, that guy has to be there no matter what. So um, I agree. I yeah. mean, you can't, you can't keep this Matt Murray show going where it's like, how many times has it been like, yeah, Matt Murray's not healthy tonight. He can't play. And so, yeah, Jed Alexander from the university of Toronto is your backup goalie. Yeah. Right? And, and Cause if Samsonov gets injured, like you've mentioned this concern as well. And your brother, I believe has, a, has two. Like, and it just dawned on me, like it really, really hit me today. Like Samsonov right now is being rested because he's recovering from bumps and bruises. We saw some, you know, laboring this weekend as well at times in games, especially in that Montreal one. Like if in the playoffs, Samsonov goes down and Matt Murray has to go in cold, that that just sounds like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, absolutely. And who's to say he'll even go in cold? Like we've seen him like, Obviously he'll just come pull shoot. Play. Yeah, like you, he he's done in the he's playoffs. Done, he's done that twice oh, to us God. this year in 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 warmups. I don't know, right? Like it's 
I don't think he would pull a shoot. Like, I would hope uh, not. I would, I hope, would not. hope not too. If he does, he would get sent on a an economy class ticket to Siberia to spend out the rest of that contract. Economy class is too nice. You just got to put him in a crate at that point and ship him on a boat. Like, but <laughs> with the rest of the cargo. Yeah, oh, bubble, bubble wrap him though, so he doesn't get hurt on the way. Oh, um, who cares if he gets hurt on the way. That's rude. This is our human we're talking about. That was so rude. Yeah. Anyways, uh, who cares? Um, he's, yeah, he's a player on the lease. We have to say what, you know, we have to talk. We about have to it. say what we think, but we're honest. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but so with this game tonight, uh, we're not going to touch too, too much on it. I mean, it's one of those games where, you know, obviously you play 10 games like that, where you're shot that heavily and you don't have the puck that, that much. And you give up that many power plays to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, play that game 10 times. You're probably not going to win 50% of them. However, that's just a feel-good, spirited win tonight. No Matthews, no Marner, no Giordano. Again, as I said, playing Joseph Wool with an ATO backup as well. Joseph Wool on limited notice with an ATO backup. And you pull one out against the Tampa Bay Lightning, who you are set to play in the first round of the playoffs. That's a really good, it's a really good way to get the wheels in motion, to get momentum going into the playoffs. I feel like that's, it's just a feel good win in the room there. And you, again, as we mentioned, great game from Joseph Wool and also a solid game from Matthew Nice tonight, getting his first NHL point. Yeah, he looked good. I, I was a little not worried, but a little hesitant to, to say that he was going to play for us in the playoffs out the gate from the first yeah. game but to be fair to him he didn't he wasn't 100 sure if he was going to play that game probably didn't get the right routine warm up and and get a, a, a acclimated properly this game is a much better representation of what we're going to see when he plays and this game sold me that he will probably be and again we'll touch on this later he will probably be starting for us in game one i think Ooh. he's done enough so far to say to, to earn his spot he looked really yeah. good with O'Reilly and, and Nylander, which we kind of talked about a couple times. That could be a potential line that would work, right? We theory kind of theory crafted that one. Um, and yeah, like he, he looks good. Like uh, th- there were a couple deficiencies that we saw in the first turnover, game. Like, turnover yeah. in his own end a couple times. I think it was, that was um, something that a lot of people, you know, kind of, criticized him for but did have a couple good plays below the goal line puck protection um playing against bigger defensemen and being able to to hold on to the puck um that was a pretty good sign there did get rocked a couple times you know put himself into kind of not the greatest position um you know an unfortunate position and ended up getting rocked uh one by giovanni smith at uh in the neutral zone but Tonight, I think, was a completely different game. Better line mates as well. That really does help getting Nylander and Ryan O'Reilly and really showed off what he's good at. Hard shot, really good on the puck. I mean, really good with his stick getting that puck. Oh, my goodness. Like, showing his physical ability as well. His passing ability was on full display, too. I, I clipped a couple really nice passes where there was one he got it, like, kind of in motion in the offensive zone look the other way and made the pass. Like it was like a, almost like a J, uh, a Steve Nash pass where he's looking one way and he throws it the other for a pretty good setup to, I believe it was 
Tavares or O'Reilly. I can't remember which one, but, and then the puck went back down the other way. And what happened? He ended up with a steal and it ended up back the other way. So really good on the puck, really nice shot Passed the puck pretty well as well. Just an overall solid showing from, from Matthew nice tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And again, those small deficiencies, we can work out those kinks. And like you said, when he's not, when he's the third best player of, of the forward group and you, you're like the other team's kind of forced to pay attention to William Nylander and Ryan O'Reilly, he really excels um, because like, there, I feel like there's just a lot less uh, when I say pressure, attention. I mean like, like actually, yeah, attention or pressure from the other team to like kind of manage him. Right. So he so has that complementary piece to the line. Yeah. Something and, like we've seen with Michael Bunting with Matthews and, and Marner. Exactly. Not, not calling him Matt, Michael Bunting, but you know, as you said, he's the third ranked on the line, like he was in Minnesota, which exactly. is not a bad thing. He played on the best line in the country in Minnesota, but how did that work out? They were the best line in the country. They went to the national championship game. Unfortunately, yeah. you know, didn't work out. But And it takes, a, again, it takes skill to, to be able to play with guys like this, right? You have mm-hmm. to be a certain level and have a certain level of play to be able to keep pace with guys like that. And like, again, like, look, like, kind of off topic, but Zach Hyman over in Edmonton, like he's done, did great with us. And like, he's almost, he's, he's going to like, what, what like points 83 is? points. It's crazy. So yeah, it's a skill in itself. And another thing that I really liked about this game, and I, I know we're kind of spending a little time, a little, little longer than we wanted to on this, but it felt like last series in the playoffs, it was so hard to beat Vasilevsky clean. And Matthew nice. Like he would like Vasilevsky is a sponge. Puck hits him, it's not going through. It's he soaks it up. And and Nice had a hard enough shot there on that on that assist to uh O'Reilly where he he almost beat him clean. Like he almost beat like sorry, not beat him clean, but beat him off through the one timer. Yeah, which which I I feel like I hadn't seen in watching a seven game series against Vasilevsky where we're mm, we're getting those chances. Sure, are you like sure about that? Am I forgetting something? David Camp. Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot about the best David David Camp who attempted the Michigan this week too. Crazy. Crazy. Wow. But yeah, but like it's go hard on, to, sorry. It's, yeah, no, it's 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 hard to beat that guy through the body and nice is a hard enough shot to do it. So yeah. It's a good point. It, it, it the, that shot has some very nice velocity on it too. He had another one too where it was like holy, holy smokes. But Anyways, we do have the Matthew Nice highlights up on the YouTube channel. Check that out um, and get a a good look at what he does well. So, yeah, which, which we haven't even really seen the net front kind of stuff from him yet, but it, it's it's in the tool bag, and he's definitely willing to go to the the dirty areas to to get the puck and put the puck across the goal line. But yeah, uh, in terms of other notes tonight, Jake McCabe, what a player! Blocked eight, sorry, blocked eight pucks tonight like it was nobody's business and even in crucial times tonight he was just eating pucks left and right i know we saw it was a little bit scary because we did see him leave the game against florida after blocking a shot but which florida was another feel-good win too a little samsonov robbery followed by jt backhander under the bar you know pretty good florida trip to end the year i really gotta say i I know i'm jinxing and knock on wood hopefully you heard that but some great momentum and great vibes carrying into the playoffs after this trip. Although I know we, we got outshot. Doesn't matter. It's four points. It's four points. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I see it. Yeah. We, and 
again, like could, we could have rolled over and died last game. Yeah. Last game talking about the uh, Florida game and respects for us for not doing that and trying to keep the yeah. parody in the league alive. Right. Cause <laughs> I mean, Samsonov, I, I know we touched on this a, a bit, but yeah, I just want to touch on this again. He did, doesn't look, didn't look hundred percent. That game looked like he was laboring through something. And I was honestly watching my TV. I'm like, get this guy out of the game, throw in yeah. the back goalie. I could care less if we lose by 20 goals to the Florida Panthers in game 80. I, I don't care as long as Samsonov is healthy to start game one. Exactly. Uh, one last thing with this lightning game, Luke Shen, what a game. Are you kidding me? A goal. And then the next shift beat, not a fight beats the hell out of Patrick Maroon. Are you kidding me? That, that got me out of my seat. I know I've been critical of Luke Shen, but just when he does stuff like that, like that was Luke Shen bread and butter right there. Just put the puck on net as hard as you can with a clapper and then beat the hell out of someone afterwards and drew a penalty on that too, because Pat Maroon for some reason just started grabbing him and wanted to fight. And buddy, I don't think he wanted that smoke there because yeah. he's a lefty and he, he really got him a couple good times. He got smoked. He got smoked. Yeah. I, I, I am. I don't like Patrick Maroon at all. I don't know if that's obvious. Probably if well, you listen yeah. to, to this, <laughs> you know, I don't like, he's a, he's what, what, what some people like to call a weight bully. He likes to pick on guys who aren't his size and just beat them up. But then when you no. got Luke Shen, who's similar to your size, you get you. He get went cracked. after Luke Shen though. Yeah. Well, he likes to pick on everyone. I would say. Yeah, okay. So, but I mean, the fair. Leafs, the Leafs being soft narrative. I mean, that's a uh, that narrative is taking a beating. True. Wayne Simmons. I know Michael Pizzetta is Michael Pizzetta is actually huge. He's and he's incredibly strong too. But he's just when you know how to fight, you know how to fight. And Wayne Simmons. Uh, kind of fed him a few, but good oh, on yeah. Michael Pizzetta trying to, you know, he tried to give his team some momentum because I think they were down two at that time, but it kind of worked the opposite because Wayne Simmons beat the hell out of him. But, you know, good on him for, for, for trying there. Really got to give him credit. Yeah. And I, I wonder if too. a guy like him, who's like a, one of the only fighters, I guess now, nowadays, uh, is like that's almost like a feather in his cap. I I fought Wayne Wayne Simmons probably kind of his last. He fought Reeves last year, and Reeves yeah. was like, "Who the hell are you?" And then beat him up. <laughs> you got to get practice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right, you're not going to get better if you don't practice. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, in summation, this game just a feel good game. Maybe not the best. The underlying numbers were okay too. I would say. I mean, it was just a lot of volume from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Maybe sometimes at least didn't do the best job of getting the puck out of their zone. But you know, when you're missing your two best players and one of your best defensemen, that's going to kind of happen. And you're on the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah, that is going to happen, right? So, anyways, moving along, what we really wanted to talk about this episode, we're going to get into the Leafs and the Lightning series. First, we want to get into the difference between the two teams from last year to this year because they did play each other last year. What was, and you know, it was a a splitting hairs of a se- uh, a series that came right down to the wire. And so, what's changed between the two from last year to this year? We're going to get into the forwards, the D, the goalies, compare all the numbers across the board, and do all that good stuff. So, to start. The difference. What would you say is the biggest difference between the between the Lightning from last year to this year, Jason? The biggest difference. Well, they lost uh, a big winger, which was kind of important to them, and they lost a, a solid defenseman who's kind of on the on the, a downwards. Pick trajectory. one. And which one's the biggest one? The biggest loss probably Andre Pilat. It has to be Andre Pilat for that. Mm. Just because 
the versatility he brought as a winger. Uh, okay. Just kind of helped them out and, and I guess made, made their depth a little bit worse. Uh, not that he's like a depth guy, but again, he's, he's a top nine forward who can play up and down your lineup. So yeah. losing a guy like that definitely doesn't help. Um, no. Yeah. So other than that, though, he lost McDonough and Ruta, who Ruta, who we don't really care about, but yeah, McDonough. Yeah. Like I said, before, I would have said, uh, I'm glad you took the other one, but I would have said Ryan McDonough was the busy, biggest loss for them. That's their, the, the defenseman that they played the second most on the team. Um, I mean, toss up between him and Cernak, who's the best defensive defenseman on that team. Maybe Cernak gets an edge there, but Ryan McDonough is obviously better offensively than him. So, like 22-26, he's he was a massive part of each of the three cup runs and the two Stanley Cups, obviously. Like blocks shots like a demon out there. That's a horrible saying. Demons don't block shots, but blocks a ton of shots nonetheless. Um, can get it done somewhat offensively too here and there. Chips chips in here and there, we'll call it. But yeah, that to me, that's the biggest loss. We'll talk about who replaced him in a bit, but Brian McDonough was massive. Yeah, I, I think that's fair because I feel like he helps establish the identity of that decor. Yeah, um, which is going to be a, a a tough tax ta- task for mm-hmm. the guys, the guy who replaced them. Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know for certain two years ago, Ryan McDonough was the defenseman that they would play the most in games that they were winning. I could right? see that. Just that... showed them how much they they trusted him in the defensive end. I don't think much changed last year. Uh, from the year before to last year. But yeah, to me, Ryan McDonough was the biggest loss for the Tampa Bay Lightning um, in terms of difference. So they replaced Ryan McDonough with Ian Cole. Ian Cole's a solid defensive defenseman. I'm not, I don't have, do you have the defensive numbers on him? Has he been okay? Uh, take a look at that. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. But anyways, they, they've also been giving more minutes, I believe, to... Uh, Mikhail Sergachev, uh, I mean, Sergachev, deservingly so. He has more points this season, 11 more points this season than Victor Hedman with only two more games played. Same amount of goals, too. Uh, and, I mean, 10 of them came on the power play. So, there you go. That's where the points difference comes in. But more minutes to Sergachev, 23-51 to Sergachev, 23-43 to Hedman. Ian Cole, they're giving 19.25. So slightly, about three minutes less than what they were giving to McDonough. You have the defensive numbers? Yeah, my eyes popped out of my head there for a second. He's like 97th ranked. Is that uh, over the past three years or? Uh, this past year with Tampa. 97th ranked, uh, 97th percentile in defensive uh, war, according to Evolving Wild. So, so defensive um, value, he's way, way up there. Yeah, but I, I will say Cernak is significantly worse than him in on ice numbers, not expected numbers. Uh, okay. I don't know how he's like. So define value that for people on, that don't understand. So just what what's happening on ice is not lining up for Eric Cernak is not lining up with, with what should happen. Probably a lot of luck involved there, unluckiness involved there. And maybe I think Cole is looks as good as he does and Cernak not so much. Maybe a little bit more is being attributed to Cole than Cernak because they've played together for yeah and by, throughout the year. And by like, you mean the underlying numbers, like the the chances for chances against, are not lining up with the actual goals that are going in the net. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. So they're like, okay, there you go. The the worst, like I don't know, the goals goals that shouldn't go goals. in are going in. Yeah. It's yeah. Essentially that's, the best way to uh, yeah. That's true. I wouldn't underrate Eric Cernak at yeah. all. That guy's a defensive beast. I mean, hits everything out there. It hits everything that moves out there. Two hundred eight hits this year. 
blocked shots, very good at defending the blue line, very good at defending the front of the net. And it's just a physical specimen. Um, and as I've mentioned 7,000 times, was in the Ben Bishop trade, which they handedly won that one. Steal yeah. and a half. So, yeah. So McDonough out, Ian Cole in, Andre Pilat out. Um, coming in, Tanner Janot, but he's not going to be playing this series. Um, in terms of other guys, I mean, they had domestic now they traded him. Um, but you had a great point off camera. I want to give you to give this to you. So yeah. who's the replacement for Andre Palat? It's it's not it's someone who they had last year, and it's just an improved version, and that's Brandon Hagel. Brandon yeah. Hagel is is uh looks completely different than he did last year to this year. And it, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but in his time with Tampa, 29 goals, 33 assists, 62 points this year. This year he was and, not a 62 point player last year in that Leaf series. No, no chance at all. He was almost, he had a couple big, big moments and, and some good plays that helped him win the game uh, in game, game six. six. But for majority of the series, it felt like this guy was not that good. And uh, it's a guy they it, traded two first round picks for. And it's someone you didn't really notice that much. But again, obviously they identified something in his game that they really liked and they knew they weren't getting him as a rental. They knew that they had him two more years after they acquired him. So they Great developed him and yeah, like he's making 1.5 mil and he's what? 60, almost 70 points this year. Like he's, he's rolling for them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like that's, that's kind of like the, I, I mean, I, I want to say it doesn't play the same style as Pilat. He's kind of different than Pilat, but like, Points wise and like depth wise and weapons wise, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's kind of similar. Had forty nine points in seventy seven games for them last year, right? And then like all the guys above, it's all the guys they already have: Stamkos, Hedman, Kucherov, Kalorn, Braden Point, right? But like as you mentioned last year for the Tampa Bay Lightning in the regular season, Brandon Hagel had seven points in twenty two games, and in mm-hmm. the playoffs, I think it was probably something close to that. But this year, 29 goals and 62 points. He's really evolved into the players that they traded for and that they ent- identified as a diamond. Diamond in the rough. I yeah, guess it kind of kind of is a diamond in the rough, even though they paid a, a handsome value for that diamond in the rough, right? So. Yeah, a diamond in the diamond stack, I guess, is a better way to put it. I don't, I don't know. know. You paid for a diamond mine. You got a diamond mine, and you found that there was oil in the diamond mine. I don't know. Horrible. We're horrible. We're horrible. Not not analogy guys. Yeah. No. But clearly not. Anyways, um, those are the major pieces I think for Tampa Bay. Did you write down what we said off camera? Yeah, and then uh, the other like supplementary pieces, I guess, is that Mikey Nick Perbix, Nick Perbix, and Darren Radish. Yeah, not Taylor Radish. Those are the guys that played tonight. Those are the guys that have been playing more so for the Tampa Bay Lightning recently. They are kind of more so depth pieces. and out came like Bogosian, Yan Ruta, and Cal Foot all played for the Lightning last year in depth roles. But like, yeah, Nick Perbix this year, 15 23 a game. They've been putting Darren Radish in. He's actually he's gotten a few points here and there. He's kind of a journeyman defenseman, journeyman offensive defenseman that's gone through a few organizations. I know for sure he was a New York guy. I want to say Carolina, but he's been around everywhere. He just, he was scoring so much in the AHL. They had to call him up, but yeah, only I think tonight 16 games this year so far He's playing 16 minutes a game. So those are depth options. They do still have Zach Bogosian. I don't know what's going on with him. I should, but I do not. Yeah. It'll be 
It'll be He's not listed on their injuries. Yeah. Uh, maybe they just give him the night off. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, it's yeah. Maybe we get into this later, but yeah, just curious to see how they, they, those lines shake out for them. Cause, uh, it's kind of been, they weird always do year. kind of tinker. Remember even in the playoffs last year, but right now daily faceoff has them as Hagel point Kucherov Stamkos, Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn, Ross Colton, Anthony Sorelli, Mikey assessment who came from the sharks and also somewhere else. Kings. He's drafted yeah. by the Kings. Um, yeah, yeah, I know for sure he was drafted. He played somewhere else this year, I feel, too. Maybe it was the Kings. Can't remember. Winnipeg, I know for Winnipeg. sure with Winnipeg. Or maybe that was That's last right. year. I don't know. But yeah, he was definitely on Winnipeg. At some no, point. he was on Winnipeg and he was part of the Nemesiknov deal. Good call. Mm. Forgot about that one. And then their fourth line Maroon, Belmar, Corey Perry. And then on defense, they're going, it looks like right now, according to Daily Faceoff, Hedman, Perbix, Mikhail Sergachev, Darren Radish, Ian Cole, Eric Cernak. So. In terms of why you say I don't, I wonder what the lines are. It always shakes out differently. So they could do point Stamkos Kucherov. We've seen that a, to- a, a ton. Or Stamkos point Kalorn. They love to switch them up and down. And notice the, or even Sorelli Stamkos Kalorn doesn't matter. But notice the the common theme between all those players. They've been together for years on years on years so they're very comfortable with one another that's what allows them to go up and down in the lineup and such yeah yeah well put so, yeah. right um in terms of the difference between the leafs last year to this year there has actually been a lot of players in and out and a good identity shift in these players too like tampa bay i mean losing a top four defenseman a top six forward that is pretty big but the Leafs didn't did they lose a top six forward? I wouldn't say so, no. Depends, depends on what you think of Ilya Mikheyev, but I would argue no because he wasn't... Yeah, he never played top six, really. Briefly, yeah. but I wouldn't call him a top six. But yeah, a, a I, valuable to be, to be top fair, nine. He was, valuable he was our, top nine. He got played 4.75. He was our sixth best forward last year, right? Sure. I'll give it to you. Yeah? Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah. Alex Kerfoot was playing top six. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, Anyways... Um, we did lose a top four defenseman in Jake Muzzin. So that is pretty big. And the starting goalie in Jack Campbell. But listen to these changes. So Pierre Engvall out. Ilya Mikheyev out. Colin Blackwell out. Jason Spezza out. Uh, Andre Kasha out. Wayne Simmons out. Cal Clifford out. Like those two, whatever. They played a total, grand total combined of like six minutes in the playoffs. You can combine so. those two and Cash into like one piece, I guess. Because that, that like... Yeah. They were kind of the revolving doors, I guess, right? Yeah, quite literally for Kyle Clifford. He was yeah. in and out in five oh, seconds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the almost costed us a game. Simpsons meme. Uh, yeah. Walks yeah, up, puts was... the hat on, walks around, walks out. Exactly. But, anyways, and then on defense, Jake Muzzin out, Ilya Labushkin out. Um, and that was it. And then Jack Campbell yeah. out. Yeah. So, in four, those players I listed who had a combined, maybe they combined for 100 hits total, all, all of them together. Was it Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Chari, Sam Lafferty, Matthew Nyes, Zach Aston Reese. Am I missing any? Uh, Achari, Yarncrook, Yarncrook. And Callie Yarncrook. Bit more of an identity to those guys, right? Like you, you still have the two-way ability. Like the big thing, Mikheyev and Engvall had very good two-way ability. They were lengthy, interrupt passes. They were fast, but not always like 
the greatest at getting the pucks into the dirty areas, not always finish. They never finished their checks. It seemed like, um, like Nolachari is responsible defensively block shots, hits everyone, not afraid to get into it, not afraid to get in front of the net or in the corners. Ryan O'Reilly's kind of the same, like doesn't hit everyone, but is still very good with his stick and turning the puck over two way ability there too, but also can contribute offensively. Like he's a great option for like, um, I would say top nine kind of thing. I mean, I'll get into my thoughts on him later because they're actually very good. Uh, and then you look at the other ones, like Sam Lafferty has great speed, just like Engvall did, but they love how he four checks and he hits everyone. Maybe isn't the best, like his underlying numbers have definitely not been what like Engvall's have, but he's more of a grit grind kind of guy. Engvall has been better than what Sam Lafferty has, but we'll get into that more so as well. Anyways, what I was trying to get at here there's a lot more grease and a lot more grit and a lot more guys that can play in the top six than what we lost from last season so that's i'm taking a big juicy positive out of those forwards that are coming in for what we had last year like think about who were the net front guys that we lost last year it was colin blackwell and that's it all five foot seven of colin blackwell he was a good he was actually a decent net front guy scored a net front goal in the playoffs i do remember that but that was it. All the other guys were really like good transit. They did things well, but they were all kind of one in the same. Like even Andre Kasha, fast guy, get the puck on net, but not really going to be your net front guy. Not going to really be your, like he, he did finish his checks. I'll give him that, but it was almost to his detriment, unfortunately, because he seems like he's kind of done. So unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, all the best to him. Hopefully he's okay. And can live a normal life. But as I mentioned, like, like there's a definitive difference and a, a, a defined difference. Those are not the same things from last year's bottom six to this year's bottom six. Right. Yeah. And the funniest thing uh, is if you look at the guys we lost, like, obviously like, listen, I'm never going to disrespect Jason Spezza, but he didn't score that series uh, of all the forwards. He had a couple points, didn't he? He had points. I don't think he scored though. Uh, he, I don't think he scored, but he had, I think, three assists. I, I, I anyways, I think like ten I, minutes. I think he yeah. said it was fine, but yeah, I'm not. Go I'm on, not saying sorry. he wasn't fine or or poor, but I'm just just thinking about again. We lost a series. We didn't score enough goals to beat the other team. Bottom line, right? Take away, yeah. I'm, I'm, take away McKay's two empty net goals. Those don't really count, right? No, They're they empty don't. net goals. So other than that, Colin Blackwell is the only forward for us of the in that group to score for us in the playoffs. We taught, we listed off seven forwards, yeah. and I, I get some of them didn't play every game. We listed off seven forwards, and only one of them scored. Yeah. Jake Muzzin had more goals than all those forwards combined, which is funny. Um, so on aggregate, yes, that's only had one assist in five games. Yeah. So on, on aggregate, what what these acquisitions have to do is get is score three three goals, and or sorry, four goals, and they'll have more goals than all the guys we lost. That's all we need from these guys, and. Who knows? Maybe that would have been the difference in the series last year, right? Getting one yeah. extra goal. Who's to say, right? Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm looking at it. So I, I was skeptical coming into the year that we did. I felt like we didn't improve enough from last year. Getting Ryan O'Reilly, getting Nolachari, getting Sam Lafferty, change that. Getting Jacob Cave, change that. So yeah, happy with the additions. And again, like you said, clear cut what they were trying to do with this team identity-wise. They built an identity, which is 
Yeah, it feels like this team hasn't nice. had one. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's good. Or I guess we had one, but it wasn't wasn't the one that is known to win you playoff games. I suppose that, and also like it just it didn't work. Thing. I mean, it was Not three. Well. There were three playoffs with a lot of those players that they ended up with zero goals at yeah. five on five or, or four on five or penalty kill. Like just and, they were empty nets. And and on top of that, they also did like not so much in the last in the Tampa series, but in the Montreal series and in the Columbus series, those were mm-hmm. the guys who were winning the expected goals battles, the winning the Corsi battles, doing all these things that we want to see with the underlying numbers, but never turned up out on the ice. And who knows? Maybe he's expecting you... these goals. I don't know. Me. I'm expecting exactly. them. Um, but, um, yeah. And then another point that I was thinking of, like when you think of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've been to three straight Stanley Cup finals. And what we said last year was they could be tired. They could be tired in that first round series. You can really wear them down. Hopefully you'll be able to pounce on that and take advantage. Didn't work out, right? If you have that heavier bottom six and you're able to, you know, you're taking part in those scrums, you're hitting them after every time they touch the puck. That's a great way to wear them down and make them feel more tired and make them actually feel that they have played 94 playoff games in the last three years or whatever, right? So that's also an advantage there. Yeah. But bottom line, yeah. they just have to put the puck in the back of the freaking net. That's the someone has thing. to help your top six. And hey, right? Nice can like, from what we nice. understand, he can score. He can uh, shoot Kelly the puck. Can score. Nola he can shoot the puck. Did not not shoot the puck. But Ryan O'Reilly break? can score. Right? Uh, am I missing tonight. anyone? I feel like we didn't mention Zach Aston Reese, which is also a nice, healthy addition to the team. But yeah, maybe, he's been playing. He's maybe been I playing all right. That. But yeah. he might not be in the playoff. Might not be know. in the playoff. Yeah, but again, Rasa, that's but a, I think that's a testament to this playoff top twelve is looking better. Absolutely right. Absolutely. And honestly, like I could see, could you see potentially the tangent? Could you potentially see Lafferty getting scratched a couple of games in the playoff? Not a couple, but he's injured right now. I don't know because of how much speed he brings, but I mean, he started to play better before his injury. He was playing a lot better, but as I, 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 I my analysis of him was that like, he's, pretty dumb he wasn't he didn't have the puck enough his line didn't have the puck enough to actually like call him a positive on the ice uh when he was playing before he went through a good stretch where it was just like losing the expected goals battles by a ridiculous margin and it was because he wasn't playing smart enough with the puck but talk about that later he's been playing a lot better now simplified the game actually has consistent line mates which looked a lot better and you know it resulted in a point here and there and some goals going in for his line, right? Zach Aston Reese, two goals on TSN. So Zach, yeah, any, any TSN games for the playoffs or no, the sports that has it. No, for no, 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 okay. No, so no. then don't put Zach Aston Reese in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it was all TSN. Oh my God. Be like Gretzky in 85 or 86. I can't remember. Anyways, 87. doesn't matter. All, I'm sure it was matter. all the, I'm sure it was all the years. It was one, it was one of those nine years. Anyways. Um, then to to continue on our who they added and who came out. So Labushkin, big physical presence, was all right in the playoffs. Was more of like a net front clear hit everyone in sight kind of guy. Uh, and then Jake Muzzin, who top four shut down, very very good player. Uh, but yeah, uh, in in comes Jake McCabe, and unfortunately 
a little bit of a revolving door in Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson. We don't know. Is it going to be Timothy Lilgren? Who knows really, but yeah, I think, I think replacing Jake McCabe with, with, uh, I think replacing Jake Muzzin with Jake McCabe is a fantastic bit of work by Kyle Dubas there. Yeah, absolutely. He's again, like we, we've, needing to fill that hole since Muzzin went down and he's filled it to a T. Uh, and I think that's important because again, how we utilized our players last year in the playoffs, specifically our defensemen. Well, again, we'll get into this a little bit later, how we match up with Tampa, but yeah, the important part was having that shutdown pair of Brody and Muzzin. Some people forget, yeah. including I, I forgot. I had to go back and look and I, I was reminded that those guys played together the entire series. Lavushkin and Riley was the, that pairing that needed to be, was that our second pairing, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, definitely a, important that we had that because, yeah, to me that that signals that management wanted to make a concerted effort to put to reunite a shutdown line, uh, in Brody and whoever, and ended up being McCabe. So, yeah, it's a good point. That is a very good point there because it was right from the get go, Brody McCabe, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a very good point that, yeah, the shutdown. Shutdown was in the back of their head there. So, um, yeah, in terms of like Labushkin out, his physical presence there, I mean, Jake, Luke Shen had himself a very Luke Shen esque game tonight, showing, you know, what he really brings to the lineup. Uh, you had an interesting point on Luke Shen versus Timothy Logren. You want to get into that yeah, quick? I was just going to touch on this quickly, just because, again, uh, I feel like Eric Timmons is going to play. Eric Gustafson is like a. Timmons was playing forward tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah. Timmons, <laughs> so, Timmons should shows be shows how far AHL, down the depth chart he is. He's not uh, waiver eligible. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, Eric Gustafson, again, just a replacement for Morgan Riley in case we need PPL. Anyways, he's probably not going to play either. Uh, so it all comes down to Lilgren and Luke Shen for that last spot. I think Justin Hall is... Uh, I, I always had a feeling Justin Hall would be locked into play playoffs, and I think he's kind of earned it over the last couple of weeks. So yeah. let's keep him locked in there. Uh, but if we're going to talk strictly Lilligren versus Shen, man, Luke Shen, it just brings that, like, he just brings that dog. physical presence that we need. Yeah, he's got that dog in him. And listen, he might, like, this isn't, like, real numbers. This is my imaginary numbers in my game, in my head. But he might, like, be a negative one war value compared to, like, Lilligren. We might lose a game because of Luke Shen. But on aggregate, like the physical presence that he brings, I think that's invaluable compared to what Lilgren can do on the ice. I just think being able to tame Maroon, uh, Corey Perry, being able to put the fear in the other team, I like I'm all for that. Like this this Tampa team is not afraid of it's they are they're not afraid of anything. They've been to three Stanley Cup finals, they've won two cups. Let's like give me Luke Shen to say, hey, you cannot you you want to start a scrum, you're gonna have to pay for it. Because tonight they were starting a lot of scrums, and they they, they kind of have that the, this attitude last year. They could I can do whatever I want. What are you gonna do? Well, Luke Shen is here to tell you what he's gonna do. That's why I want Luke Shen in over Timothy Lilligan. Yeah, I mean, I see what you mean. It's a good point. I still like Timothy Lilligan. I think he's been playing better as of recently. So, and I'm not sure how it would look if. You know, if Luke Shen has a tough go at it, which is entirely possible, and you have to put Timothy Lilgren in from the press box, like how many times has he looked good in that sort of transition? Yeah. So, well, 
I, I, I think I without, know. I think based on this game, they're starting Luke Shen. We saw, I know, yeah, right. Because la, la, last year, a there. similar thing happened. And I, I, you're a hundred percent right in your point though, because logically, like Lilligren has not been good coming out of the press box. He just simply hasn't, and it's struck his confidence. He doesn't play as well as he, as he, as he normally does, does yeah. when he when he's in the groove of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just that, that's why I think like. Maybe all series just keep stick with Luke Shen, even if he loses you that one game. I don't think it'd be a full game, but yeah, you, you, I see what you mean. Yeah, poorly explained. Something by to me, keep but, in mind. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think Leafs management will value that. I mean, absolutely. It's just unfortunate to see to see Timothy Lilligren sit again after you know he had some very good extended flashes of solid top four play this year. So it's really shitty and. and top four two-way play as well. Like he's looked good at both ends. So, and I don't think he's necessarily played. I think he's played decently these past couple games. So, and on top of that, like he's moving the puck a little bit better than what Luke Shen does. I would say, especially yeah, for Boston sure, for game. Sure. Like that was Luke Shen did looked sorry. Boston game. Luke Shen looked horrible and it costed the Leafs that goal against. So yeah, it's shitty to see Tim Thilligren sit. Um, if I were to guess, it would be Timothy Logan to sit because they they like what that old school style that Luke Shen brings, right? Uh, yeah, and I think again, just to put a bow on it, stylistically that matches with how you want to play Tampa, right? Like we talked about, we talked about all the guys we got rid of because they didn't work against Tampa Bay, and we know we'd mm-hmm. be playing Tampa Bay. We knew we'd be playing a, bo- a team like Tampa Bay or Boston, and we got rid of those guys and. Not not saying that we should get rid of Lilligren because again he's young, he's time to grow, right? So, uh, but I think that kind of fits with what we've been doing on the forward side of things, getting him in on the D, Luke Shen, uh, over yeah. Lilligren. I mean, it's not uncommon. Look what they did last year with Labushkin. Like Labushkin was yep. similar-ish to what Luke Shen. Yep, absolutely is right. So yeah. maybe I'm underselling Labushkin a bit, but who knows? Anywho, um, those were the changes. I think that's. Pretty well summed up, or sorry, and then Samson off for for Jack Campbell. Uh, I actually haven't looked at the numbers, like in terms of what a lot of Leafs fans, uh, Leafs fans seem to be more happy with Samson off than Jack Campbell. But I mean, nine nineteen for Samson off this year, so it's better than nine fourteen Jack Campbell last year. And I think the major difference was that Jack Campbell would have like five shutouts and then have like four games of four goals stretches. Against. Yeah. yeah, and I think whereas Samsonov has bad games sprinkled here and there, he's definitely more consistent in his play, which is That's true. E- it's an easier guy to root for. The, it's easier to root for the consistent guy than the guy who is either incredibly hot or incredibly cold. That's true. Yeah. So I guess call it a you can call it an upgrade in net a little bit. Why not? Uh, on aggregate, like of our entire goalies, we absolutely upgraded. So. Yeah, I mean, like if you count back, we're not looking I at mean. aggregate. The starter to starter only, starter to starter only. Yeah, I, I think just... it's a. I think I think Samsonov is an upgrade. Yeah, for sure. Playing playing better this year than overall what we saw because Jack Campbell's last year was a complete roller coaster. Oh yeah. So, not anyways, the fun one either. No, the one you get sick on halfway through. Well, he was okay for the Leafs in like that playoff series. Still, I'm still waiting for a Leafs goalie to steal a game for us. I feel like we have not gotten that since played very well in did not, not game saying, three. Not saying he game didn't one play shutout. Well. 
Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't play well. It's just like I'm waiting for him to steal a game. Like I would say I want, did Montreal. Okay. He had like a one nothing one or two nothing shutout against Montreal. Maybe I'm forgetting. Huge that. game, game three, game five made some huge game saving saves. Like robbery saves in game five. I just want I want to walk away from a game feeling like ah, we probably shouldn't have won. You're looking for an elimination game. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Like I think I'd, more so. I want to oh. there have been plenty of games that Frederick Anderson also stole in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that was against like, Boston. Boston, yeah, yeah, thousand percent. Yeah, thousand percent against Boston. So, anyways, yeah, Samsonov, solid. He's had a good year. A lot better than what I expected, to be honest. Right. So, anyways, moving on. Let's take a look at forward to forwards. Yep. Shall we? Let's uh, do it. We got our sheet up here. It's loading like the speed of molasses. Anyways, uh, so taking a, we've already mentioned Tampa Bay's lines. We don't know officially what the Leafs lines are going to be. Um, does not help that we crazy. can never get everyone in in one game, even though almost everyone's healthy. But it is what it is. We're gonna have to just like list off players and then, um, yeah. But anyways, in terms of forward lines of the Leafs, what do you think of? Ryan O'Reilly getting paired with Nylander instead of Tavares. I think that works really well because, yeah, I I, I think like Tampa, like if we're gonna compare it to Tampa, Tampa is one, two, three, and then they have a steep drop and they have their fourth line that plays five to ten minutes a night. Get depending the job on the situation done. of the game. Yeah, they get the job done. They're good at what they do. But I think. The way to correctly match up is to have right, th- those three split centers split up in Matthews, mm-hmm. Tavares, O'Reilly, whichever order you want to put them in, because I've never believed in a one, two, third, one first line, second line, third line. Those guys are probably will, will all play equal. Those lines will all play yeah. the same. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think you can't that- have I'm I'm fully now in the boat. You cannot have Tavares Nylander together nah. in the playoffs. It's just not working. I don't know what the hell is going on out there when they're together? Like some games, it looks great. Other games, it just looks so, so bad we, that it's we, embarrassing. We've been through that experience for over a hundred games. And if it was going to work, we would have felt confident about it already. Yeah. And the fact that they, we they, don't, they win the expected goal share. It's just like, sometimes defensively, they just dog it on the way back or they're both in deep. And it's like, it's a mess. Maybe I was thinking, okay, you put the correct winger with them. It could work, but even with O'Reilly at times to, together, Nylander and Tavares, I'm like, what the hell are these two doing out there? But then, like, I 100% believe that O'Reilly Nylander could work better, could work very well together. And, you know, tonight I got a really good taste of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, again, it makes sense. Like, those guys, we again, three crafted it oh, a while ago when we talked about lines. Like, that line works. Those guys' styles of play, they work yeah. together. Nylander is a, has a rocket of a shot. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, sneaky, good passer. Ryan O'Reilly, like not sneaky. He's a good, good passer. Good passer. But when people <laughs> think about him, they, that's not one of the things. That, one of the they first think things two-way that, game that yes. comes to the mind, okay, right? That's a good point. They, they think two-way game where he scores, not two-way game where he's can like move the puck well. Uh, and again, Nylander works in transition with him, uh, and yeah, it just works. And yeah. and, and with Nyes there, again, tonight. Like, it, it 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 makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. You almost have to do it. You almost have to, because the way that the other lines would shake out, 
I mean, then you can do Matthews, Marner, Bunting, or if Matthews, Marner, Jan Kroc, that could yeah. work solid too. doesn't matter. And then you can do Tavares, Bunting, and someone. I'm forgetting who are probably Kerfoot. Yeah, something like that. Kerfoot or uh, why not Lafferty or Achari yeah. or. But as you guys. mentioned last episode, and it's really coming to fruition more so, it's like coming to fruition to me more so every single time. You're less reliant on that second line to get you the goals. Last year, it was either first line scores. God help, like, hopefully we don't know which version of the second line you're going to get tonight because games one through three, you got zero from them. Game four in the second half, when it was garbage time, you got a bunch of points from them somehow. And then game five, you got one or two, I can't remember. And then game six, you got two very key goals from them, right? Yeah. So it was like, we don't know what you're going to get with your second line. This year now, with the addition of an actual legit top six center in Ryan O'Reilly, you have that three-pronged line. So, okay, you're not getting anything from Tavares tonight or Tavares Nylander tonight or whatever. Now you can actually rely on something else, an actual secondary option to get you some some offense. Exactly. Instead of relying on like a Colin Blackwell to get you that offense, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, we you were re- relying on McKay of last year, McKay of Engvall. They did have 35 and 35 points for Engvall. 15 McKay goals. had 20 goals or something like that in, yeah, 50, in 50 games. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the playoffs, they just turned into a pumpkin. So yeah. uh, that's a three-prong attack now. Something interesting that you said, you said, Matthews, are you married to Matthews Marner? Or do you think, because for me, I think like a, I don't know, I don't want to call it first line, but a line of Tavares, Marner, and Kerfoot would work. I think that line would work. And then we've seen, Bunting, I don't want, Matthews, no, yeah. Yarncrook worked before. So then those, that yeah. as, had, did they not get a couple of games, maybe 10 games ago? They did. Together? It was okay. It was Kerfoot. More so it was Kerfoot. You did see Bunting, Matthews, Yarncrock, and you did see Kerfoot, Matthews, so Ker- Yarncrock, and you actually got more goals from Kerfoot, Matthews, Yarncrock. But- Interesting. But I don't know. I would really like Matthews to have either Marner or Nylander on that side. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, we'll have to wait and see that. But I'm 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 okay riding Matthew solo. I think he's good enough to do it. And I think him and Yarn Crook almost play off each other so well that you can have the pairings being uh yeah. O'Reilly, Nylander, Matthews, Yarn Crook, or Matthews, Yarn Crook, uh, Marner, Tavares as like pairs. And then fill in, fill in the Crook, others. Tavares, Marner, Nylander, O'Reilly. Is that what you yeah. said? Yeah. And then fill in the other wingers wherever you want. Where, mm-hmm. like Literally wherever you want. And I know Nyes, I think Nyes looked really good with that Nylander line. So let's put him there. And then, Ker, and then I guess at least Kerfoot, Lafferty, and uh, Bunting. Yeah, I how I almost forgot Bunting, but uh, yeah, Kerfoot, Lafferty, and Bunting, and then one of those three will play on your fourth line, and I'm probably not Bunting. Uh, and yeah, if you have Kerfoot and Lafferty on your fourth line, that adds the needed speed that you need with Achari and, and Camp, and we're, we're, we're rolling. <laughs> we're rolling. Yeah, it's just been it's been 
incredible to it's been better than expect tonight was way better than expected for Matthew Nyes. And it's, it's, it's a great thing because now you have just an extra option to use. Um, so we'll see what, what it looks like in New York. Keith has said he never put something together. To, he isn't considering to use in the playoffs. So we'll see about, you know, Matthew Nyes top nine, we'll call it the top Nyes. Um, and we'll see what they the lines are against New York because Marner is for sure playing against New York, so there'll I be hope some so. shuffling. Oh, yeah, I know. Sitting on point ninety nine, getting sad. Yeah. That's kind of funny, but we need them healthy for playoffs first and foremost. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, I really hope that Keith has the the balls to put a rookie in the top six like that because I look good. I look good. Yeah. So, anyways. Let's do it. Comparing the Leafs top, like the Leafs lines now to Tampa, who would you give the advantage to right now? I know this is a Leaf podcast. Obviously, honestly, so like, I'm going to say the Leafs. I, I feel like it's tough to, to like our top six okay. forwards, Bunty being yeah. our sixth forward, like, and our top four being as good as like, our, our top five being as good as it is. I'm sorry. Ryan O'Reilly has been super disrespected this year by the entire the entirety of he's been injured fans. He's been hurt. Hasn't been, he's been playing with freaking Josh Levo for half the season. Like, yeah, sorry. Because he's of not, injuries. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like it's, it's I know what uh, you mean. But... Yeah. Uh, put, put some respect on, on a guy who won the con Smythe less than four years ago, Put put some respect on his name. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like if, if you just compare like, man, like who, who would, who would be Tampa's fifth best forward? Like, that's uh, a good like question. Kucherov, Stamkos, Number one point, Kucherov. Yeah. Those three, I feel like those three, again, are above the rest. Sorelli, Kalorn, Hagel. I feel like Sorelli, Kalorn, Hagel, maybe maybe I'm, I'm a bit of, this might be a, a boomer take, but I think Ryan O'Reilly is better than all three of those guys. Better than Sorelli, Kalorn, and Hagel? Yeah. Ooh. But again, like, that's that's our fifth. Honestly, maybe O'Reilly versus Sorelli, I think. Pretty it's close. an interesting one. It is pretty close. I hmm. So you got to look at the top now. Like Mitch Martin is a better two way player than Nikita Kucherov, but Nikita Kucherov is better offensively. Yeah, but um, Matthews smokes all of them out of the water. Matthews, we do have the best player in the series, and Austin yeah. Matthews. I still am putting him. He's the best player in the series. Um, and then you have a very good finisher in Steven Stamkos. But at five on five, what is he really? We don't really know. Like, how do you compare that to John Tavares, who doesn't quite have the shot that Steven Stamkos does, but does have the power play ability? Got another power play point tonight. Um, he's top. Last time I checked, he was sixth in power play points in the in the league. I think he's around sixth in, in the league in power play points. So just to show what he does there. But again, like Stamkos, not the not as as good at five on five. Um and then, yeah, as you mentioned, like Kalorn versus Nylander, I would go, I would go Nylander over Kalorn, a hundred percent. We've seen Nylander the past couple playoffs play very, very well, so that's also encouraging there. Um, yeah, it's close. I, I, I think, I, I think I give edge to the Leafs just for how how good our top end players are, and I think mm-hmm. like depth wise, obviously, like the 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 line of Maroon, Belmar, and Perry is good. Like as a fourth line, and 
feel like we're like going tit for tat here, but I guess that's kind of what we have to do. Camp <laughs> Camp and Achari, I feel like match up with those that line that line like the, those two guys match up with that line pretty well. I think just with like skill ability um, with uh, the fourth line. Yeah, with the fourth line, and then I would take Achari over those three. Yeah, so. So, yeah, I, I feel I feel like we're kind of swinging our way towards Leafs forward group being better. And I think I feel like we said the same. I want to say we said the same thing last year, but maybe not. I think we did. Probably gave them the the advantage in everything. I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, except I'm for not goal. gonna lie. Except for goals. Except for goalies. I hundred like I'm, I'm just <laughs> coming out and saying it right now. Um, yeah, the the Tampa Bay Lightning have the better goalies. But surprise. <laughs> In terms of the forwards, it is a lot closer. Like when you spell it out like that, it is a lot closer um, than I would have originally thought. In terms of the forwards, I, I, feel I was like, coming in, I was like, "Oh, the Leafs blow them out of the water." But it's like that top six is close. very good, and they're they're so different almost from one another. Like, yeah, they they are. Yeah, they really are. And I, I think also, I I cement Michael I. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Asimant. Yosemite Yosemite Sam. I feel like having him over Janot is not... I feel like that kind of takes takes them a little knockdown, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I see what you mean there. I mean, like he's we, in if, their top nine, have, and it's like a, not the most solidified player. If Bobby, Bobby McMahon was starting for us in, in the playoffs, right? I feel like that's the similarity to draw there maybe not but i don't know i, I i'm not too sure but tough, anyways tough yeah I, I i know what you mean 100 percent. that makes sense he's probably not going to be playing a ton but yeah. anyways yeah nick paul is their second like when you look at their three centers point paul sorelli versus matthews Tavares, ryan o'reilly i think the least have an edge there yeah absolutely right? we should should have an edge in the draw which is uh Face-offs? Yeah, something that should be important. Um, I mean, those guys are all good face-off guys, but we've been among the better face-off teams in the league for the last couple of years now. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. Uh, I I, Again, I'm going to give the slight Give it to the the, the Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I just wanted to take a look at one in terms of the wing. So I took a look at the centers there and compared them one for one. How do they look in terms of the wingers when you're looking at that? So like right wing Marner left wing, I think they blow us out of the water because we don't have much on the left wing, but like on the right wing, Marner, Nylander, Yarncroc are three of your right wingers. Like, I think that's a, I got to give that to the Leafs there. In terms of, it's so hard to switch back and forth between these two stupid things. It's not working for me. Anyways, I think that's better than what the Lightning have. I mean, like, Marner to Kucherov, I slightly, I guess, give it to Kucherov there. But... Um, then then Killorn and... Killorn and Nylander, I'd give it to Nylander 100%. And then Acement versus Cali Yarncroc. Cali Yarncroc all day. Yeah. Twice on Tuesdays, right? So... Yeah. You know, they think, do have a solid forward. Like I know the Lightning, they put up the graphics. The last thirty-one games, they're like thirteen, I guess fifteen and two now, thirty-two games or whatever. But 
but this is still a very good team. Like think about where the Tampa Bay lightning have finished over the last three seasons. Now four, like over the last three seasons where they finish in the regular season. Among the best. Like it's no. been third in the third in the division. I, I was thinking in the more division the two years ago and the three years ago. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, they won the president's trophy. And then after that, I believe they didn't get home ice versus Florida. And then the year after that, I can't remember where they finished. Was... Oh, no, sorry. I'm thinking of the, the bubble playoffs. My apologies. The year, the second cup, I don't think they had a home ice advantage. And then the last year, they definitely didn't have home ice advantage again. So, yeah, I guess some of those guys really turned it on in the playoffs. Also, Kucherov wasn't there two years ago. Absolutely. The regular season. So that makes an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, two years ago, come to think of it, they just like didn't play anyone in the regular season. Smart. Well, to be fair, like they were, the turnaround was super quick because they started in August. Yeah. Finished in August and started playing again in January, I think it was. So, yeah, it was January, Jan 13th. I still remember. But anyways, yeah, so it is it is close. We'll give you that. But the lease additions and what they did at the trade deadline really helped them to elevate them. I I, I would give the edge on the Leafs, and I'm not that slight it's not edge. just the homer take. I yeah. would give slight edge. Exactly. Slight edge to the Leafs on that. Taking a look at the defense here. I mean, there are some big names for the lightning here. Hedman, Sergachev, Cernak, Yankles, okay. But those those are three big names. Hedman, Sergachev, Cernak, and a bit of huge part of their three cup runs. The big thing is the other three names that they have, Urbix, Radish, Ian Cole. You know, Ian Cole is obviously on the upper end. Yeah, so a lesser names. extent. You do we'll say Cole. four names. We'll say yeah. four names. Hedman, Sergachev, Cernak, and, and Ian Cole. And then they have Perbix and Darren Radish. Like, am I, it, it makes me, when I say those last two, it's like, am I missing someone here? What the? It's crazy. It's crazy. It's almost like they're just, and I'm shocked that they didn't address that. That they like, couldn't. Right, right they to have the no cap space. I guess, yeah, yeah. Um, trade, trade deadline. They had like no no assets. And they traded them all for Tanner Janot. So yeah. it makes me feel like, am I missing someone here? No, nope. You're not missing anyone. You're not missing anyone. I'm looking at their. Uh, Maybe they throw in Hayden. Fl- anyways, it doesn't matter. They're all the same. But anyways, I think they, they did something similar though last year. I know like it, they, 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 tr- they put, uh, they had Jan Ruta in there again. Jan uh, Ruta, Callum Foot. Zach Bogosian kind of in there, like, you know, they they have defensemen that can elevate the, their D partner in there. So when you compare that decor to what the Leafs have, Brody, McCabe, Riley, Shen, I guess you can call it, and then Giordano Hole. We've said it before, the Leafs have three solid lines of defensemen. You need four solid defensemen in the playoffs. Yeah. Who do you give the edge in terms of defense? I, I without even batting an eye, I, I have to give the edge to, to, to Tampa. 
Ooh. Uh, unfortunately, I, I really do just simply because we lack a number one. And I think having that is super important in the playoffs. And I honestly despise Mikhail Sergachev. I freaking hate dirty. that guy. He is a dirty player and he's in his, the start of his career was riding the coattails of an amazing team. But this year he has played fantastic playing with, not so great players. I don't know if that's maybe the minutes. Maybe he gets cookie cutter minutes. Maybe that could I mean, be 23, it. 23, 23, almost 24 minutes of cookie cutter. Well, when, when you, when you're playing behind Cole and Cernak and then Hedman's the, the other yeah, parents, you're probably like on the pecking order of the guys you're playing against of the other team. Probably not the best, but I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what it I is, but he's, he's put together a really strong campaign this year. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you can almost make the argument that Hedman and Sergachev are better than any defenseman on our team. And then Eric Cernak is pretty similar to like shutdown ability to TJ Brody. I think TJ Brody might be better at moving the puck a little bit worse in his own zone. If you were to like edge Not it out, tough, yeah. I, I would give TJ Brody a slight edge over Eric Cernak, but mm-hmm. we're talking about Tampa's third best defenseman here. TJ Brody's our best defenseman. I, yeah. I I really think I really think we, we lose that year. Sure. Justin Hall and Mark Giordano smoke, 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 smoke Darren Darren Radish and Nicholas Prebix out of the water. They, they smoke them, but mm-hmm. on like in totality, the group that we have together compared to these guys, I just I gotta give the edge to Tampa. Yeah. Tampa Bay does combine an offensive ability from the back end with the defensive ability very well. Like when you look at it, like Sergeyev and Hedman have put up a ton of points every single year. Uh, well, not every single year. Sorry. Let me backtrack that. Sergeyev has 60 points this year and Hedman has 49 points this year. I mean, like Morgan Riley is our top defenseman, but I think Sergeyev and Hedman are way better defensively than Morgan Riley is, unfortunately. But it is an interesting point. They're top guys are pretty damn good and you can't underrate that. I just wonder, I mean, like Brody McCabe is a solid shutdown pair. It just, it falls off after like Giordano hole and then Riley and X will call it. Yeah. I I mean, that's just thinking about reliability in those pairings. Hmm. It is a good point. Yeah, and and the, if you were to compare, like Sernak Cole is their shutdown pair. Yeah, I don't think there's that much of a difference between McCabe, Brody, and Sernak Cole. Slight edge to the Leafs, obviously, but yeah. again, like McCabe, Brody are two of our top three four defensemen. Sernak uh, mm-hmm. and Cole are their third and fourth best defensemen. So, like, I don't it's know. a tough realization, I must say. Yeah, but. We were, yeah, if we were, if we were going to beat Sucks. this team, we were, there's one way we're going to do it. And it's with our forwards. I truly yeah, believe that. So. That's a good point. It's with your top end guys. Yeah. You have, and yeah. And, and, and who knows, like Morgan Riley's had a dog awful year. Maybe you can turn things around the playoffs, right? The Montreal series seems to step up Tampa Bay. Played, played all right. Played, played pretty seemed, good last year. Seemed, seemed to step up. So. Let's let's see it. Like, listen, you're getting you're getting that you're getting that bread now. You're getting that seven and a half for 
you and Tessa. Let's let's. Uh, okay, come on. Let's, let's, let's don't up, bring man. the don't bring the fiance into this. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, um, yeah, I hate to agree with you, but I kind of have to, right? Yeah. I wish you didn't because just on, on like, (laughs) and I'm not looking at like this, this past year, like I'm looking at like the players and giving them some credence, I suppose from their past couple of years as well. Like what they've shown in the past few years too. I mean, Hedman is kind of down this year. Like let's definitely having a down year for sure. For sure. But he's he's another, he's in his thirties too. Like maybe hopefully the Leafs can take advantage of that, but you can't just say, can't just say, Oh, Victor Hedman washed terrible Leafs, Leafs by a hundred. We, we saw this two years ago with Hedman too. It feels like you kind of see this every, every, every other year. Co- yeah. yeah maybe, all, maybe not every other year, but sometimes like defensemen have a down year. Who knows what it is, right? Maybe, maybe he's playing with perfect. Maybe he sucks. Maybe that's, that's what actually happened. Maybe like those two as a pair just do not work. So I Sorry, think that the actual truth behind it was that like playing, I think it was him playing with Ian Cole wasn't good this year. Interesting. That's kind From of From what I remember, it was, there was a pairing this year or maybe it was Cernak. Can't remember. There's a pairing this year with Tampa Bay where you would think it's an offensive guy with a defensive guy and it just did not work whatsoever. So yeah, it, it is very important to know top four guys get ridden a lot harder sorry to say that turn say it that way but they get ridden a lot harder (laughs) in the playoffs than they do in the regular season and you have to put that higher importance on the top four defensemen than the other two or three or however many you play right especially if there's that tall defenseman with a long stick they'll get rode way too hard in the playoffs Oh my God. Geez. It was there. It was such a low hanging fruit. I had to, but, um, but no, you're, you're hundred percent right. Like that's, uh, you've, you've astutely pointed it out like multiple times throughout the show that like throughout like the past couple of months that the best teams that, that win the cup, not, not the best teams win the cup, sorry, the best team that year that ends up winning the cup is one that's able to lean on their top four. Maybe even three. Sometimes it was yeah, sometimes even four. three, it's three or four defensemen, like double shifting, like what what the abs did yeah. last year, just essentially double shifting their top three and then letting the, the, the Johnsons rotate in once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Here, like Jack Johnson played like 11 minutes, Stanley cup champion though. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters, baby name is on that cup. Um, yeah. So to take a look at the goaltending, I think Vasilevsky just had a horrible night tonight. One thing to kind of a little bit of an interesting note. I mean, Vasilevsky didn't quite look like Vasilevsky until this third period of game six. If we're being honest in that Leaf series, right? Like game one, five goals. Game two, you know, the Leafs had to come back late. Wasn't quite enough. Game three, I think it was a three goal effort, but he didn't. I don't know. It wasn't that great. great. Game four, the Leafs got blown out of the water. Game five, the Leafs put four past them. And then game six, they scored a couple quick ones, but then he locked it in. And unfortunately that was the end of us. So, but yeah, so just something to remember the Leafs have gotten to him before they can do it again. Not doubting that, but you have to look at the body of work and give Vasilevsky the, uh, the advantage in this one, unfortunately. 
right? Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, absolutely. He's it's it not not enough. Uh, there's there's not enough you can say to to say how good of a goalie he is. Like there's not oh, enough yeah. words to mention. But um, yeah, like it's because then he went on and he stole the Panthers series. Exactly, and I, you have to get like to how to get to him. I mean, it's like any goalie. You have to get traffic in front of him. You have to disrupt them, and like you know, you, you, like getting clean shots and being one on one, just one on one with the goaltender is not enough. Tampa Bay will give you that one on one with Vasilevsky, or say it's a two on one. They'll they want to take they'll that defenseman will assault that passing option. They don't care if it's you and Vasilevsky. They have all the confidence in the world in Vasilevsky. You have to be able to get those tips, those screens off the cycle. The cycle to me is very, very important to, in order to get to Vasilevsky in this series. Off the rush, you do also have to be able to finish. It's going to be very difficult against him. Um, but off the cycle, I think is number one, how you get to him. And off the cycle being able to take advantage of space that you get and holding the puck in dangerous areas. And yeah, but I'm just pretty much saying general stuff that, that can apply to any goaltender. Like he's very, very good. Yeah. And I, I want to note that hasn't, hasn't had the best season. Not like for his been standards. Up and at one point he was for like, his standards. Yeah. At one point in this season, I don't know what the final number or, Actually, I can just take a look at it. I spend all that time putting together this lovely spreadsheet. But where are we? So he has a 915 this year, the 265 goals against average, which is the the worst. And, and listen, goals Ooh. against average isn't the best stat to cite. But since he became no. a starting goalie in 2016-2017, this is his worst year. Hmm. Again, not saying much because he's been amazing every other year, no. but... Like slightly worse, nine fifteen, say percentage, which is a tick below what he was last year, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, the goals against average is up. So I don't know if that's because he's seeing more shots. Doesn't really look like he's seeing more shots. I don't know. Maybe it's wear and tear. Who knows, right? He's now twenty eight, turning twenty nine. He's played essentially like what is it fifty, like a hundred, almost two hundred games in in the last no more almost 300 games in the yeah, last 915 save percentage but overall goals saved above expected he's at 19.73 and samsonov's at 16.93 but important to note that samsonov has played 18 less games than him this year mm-hmm. so yeah and that it's... would be why but at one point he got very very hot this year and it was like vasilevsky for for uh vesna but then the whole team's performance just went downhill so can never never i wouldn't i'm i don't think for the next 10 years i'll ever count out vasileski yeah you right? just he's can't. just built up that pedigree you can't so yeah. you can't uh in terms of see if money puck has any i really should have looked at this beforehand but yeah. i have no idea anyways that, back to where, what where in tear almost yeah. 300 games over the last three years like more he's than... made in a lab. Yeah, so <laughs> hey, let's get real. Like, he's ridiculous. Like Icarus stuff here. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, numbers are a bit down this year. Who knows? Like goaltending is a little bit weird. We do, you know, every goalie has bad series, bad games, whatever, but can never count out Vasilevsky. He's 
still got a positive goal saved above expected this year, but Samsonov, you, you, you got to give him his flowers too. Yeah. He's played solid for the Leafs this year. Nine higher save percentage than Samsonov too, or then uh, Samsonov has a higher save percentage this season than Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. And he's, uh, Samsonov also hasn't been put in the easy spots, having to come in multiple times on back-to-back nights. Uh, yeah, gave up seven to the Islanders. L- like literally, like game. laboring through some starts. So he has, had a kid this year. Had a kid. That's not easy. But hopefully he gets that new dog too. Kid bump. That was massive for the Raptors in 2019. So oh yeah, <laughs> I completely forgot about that one. Yeah. So so now it seems like we have given. For forwards D and goaltending, we give them the advantage to the Tampa Bay Lightning for two of those categories. Yeah. I think in terms of like performance this season, like Samsonov, like numbers wise, has been better than Vasilevsky, but I'm still giving a thousand percent out of thousand percent. I'm giving the the advantage to to Vasilevsky in this one. Yeah. Just for the simple fact he can steal any elimination game ever. Yeah. Like I, we gave the advantage to defense and goaltending for the lightning, but I'm still saying the Leafs win this series a hundred percent in six. Wow. I mean, I don't know. I hope it's at five for the Leafs. This is not. Yeah. Really? It's Leafs in seven. If, if we're going to be, <laughs> you think it's going to seven? I don't know. I'll don't lose know. my mind. If it goes to seven. I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly not mentally prepared for this yet. I need to like nope. I I booked a uh, float tub on Tuesday. What is that? Uh, it's like one of those. You, you ever seen Stranger Things? No. Uh, if anyone's seen Stranger Stranger Things, it's that thing that ele- it's a float tank that Eleven floats in. It's like a sensory sensory deprivation tank where it's like it, they play like calming music and it's all black and you literally can feel like it's I don't know it's supposed to calm you and I booked that before the playoffs so. Uh, <laughs> going to be in top form uh assuming uh, first games on tuesday on tuesday hmm. is it confirmed tuesday uh no but it's just the way that everyone is talking about it in the media sounds like it's tuesday. sounds like it's tuesday but they're not allowed to say that it's tuesday you know hmm. okay yeah we'll see i we'll do see know that one. there is a boxing event in amelie arena on saturday so i don't know how long it I don't know how the ice works there. I don't know like what the deal is. I guess that doesn't really matter though because we're at home. So just disregard that. The issue. No, I'm not on Saturday. If it's Tuesday, Thursday, no, no, I, Saturday. I, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. It's it's this Saturday. It's not next Saturday. So it doesn't even make a difference. What what they are trying to figure out is the Raptors schedule because it yes. depends if they make it through the plans. We could see so. a back to back in the playoffs. Apparently, according to Elliot Friedman, if that happens, That's I stupid. will literally riot. Just. Like, <laughs> just give them two days of rest. Like, what? What are we doing here? Like, that's crazy. But nope, uh, can't do that. Same time though. Do you think that? Be- I feel like that benefits us more than them. Um, maybe the Leafs have been very good on back to backs this year. And goalies are like goalies when they start back to back are technically worse, right? So, like, mm-hmm. if we're gonna get a worse version of Vasilevsky, that's a win for us. Even if we get a worse version of Samsonov, right? Yeah, that's true too. Um. Taking a look at some special team stuff, the Leafs and Lightning right now, according to ESPN.com, are both at 25.9% on the power play. I don't know. I don't think that includes tonight. That does not include tonight, but both at 25.9% on the power play. That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the Leafs, 
like saying that you almost still have to give the advantage to Tampa Bay on the power play. How has the Leafs play power play been in the playoffs over the past two years? Not the great best. power play last year during the regular season mm-hmm. fell apart in the playoffs. So unfortunately you have to give the advantage to the, the lightning there. Yeah. That the biggest, big, biggest thing though is going to be obviously big thing every year is, is the penalties and how they call it. Because mm. again, that's what determines huge. Who that's the news flash? Hey, that's what determines who gets power plays, penalties. Oh, yeah, gen- genius stuff over here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it'll it'll be interesting to see how they call it. Because Cam Sharon posted a cool little cool little article Statistic, about yeah about how penalties tech penalties. Everyone cites that penalties are up in the penalties are down up in the playoffs. Up, uh, up, up. They call more penalties. They call the more playoffs. penalties in the playoffs, but. For, through further research, he found that the first four games of the playoffs, they call significantly more penalties than they do in the regular season and in the, mm-hmm. like on average. And then when it gets to game five, six, seven elimination games, they swallow the they, whistle. Yeah, they swallow the whistle. And it's heavily below what they normally call in the, uh, in the regular season. So, yeah, it is something of, of something worth noting for sure, especially after you house, how you saw the officiating tonight. They did not want anything started and they were calling everything i mean crazy and the worst was they were trying to keep it even too michael bunting tries to stop the lightning from triple teaming john tavares and he gets a penalty there you, you i did just... think that ryan o'reilly did make a trip on that penalty kill and they didn't call it so call it even but there was a lot of power plays tonight that yeah. were both phantom on both sides i think it was just like a set the tone kind of night for yeah. the refs of course, it's a rough show every day. I could see that. It's all about them. So All about um, them. But, yeah. I think the big thing in the analysis, to sum all of this up, we gave the advantage to the Leafs on the forwards. High-end talent prevails there. Um, and then on defense, we gave the advantage to the Lightning. Again, the high-end talent prevails there as well. Tampa Bay has, you know, some mutants back there. And then goaltending, we gave it to Tampa Bay as well. Right. But when you're looking at the things that you were giving the advantage to the lightning on, we are taking the past and the past couple seasons into heavy consideration there. Like when you look at the numbers, the underlying numbers for comparing the Leafs and the lightning, like especially at five on five, the Leafs had a better expected goals share this year. They had a better scoring chances for, they were slightly better as well. Um, Converting on those scoring chances, the Leafs had a better, a higher shooting percentage in scoring chance areas. Save percentage on scoring chances, the Leafs actually were slightly below. So, as he still gets the best of us there. But, anyways, when you look at the underlying numbers and you look at the numbers from each player on each team, like the Leafs, like they're doing better than the Lightning, and that's why they have that home ice advantage. So what I'm expecting and why I give the advantage to lightning in a couple categories, but I'm giving the series to the Leafs is that I think that they can finally like break through and, you know, that they have that talent and that finally that that talent that they've shown in the regular season can shine through in the, in, in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, that's a and good it's way. The to... big boys have to step up. If the big boys step up, they will beat the Lightning handedly. Yeah, 
And I, I think the entire team just needs to step up. It's a hundred percent, but yeah, like I, I see what you mean there with the, the big guys need to do their thing. Um, but yeah, you, that's a good way to kind of yeah, wrap like it the all Leafs up had a better season than the lightning plain and simple. The lightning com- have been terrible over down the stretch too. something to know a hundred, right? Right. Like just because we're giving an emphasis to the past couple seasons doesn't mean you can discredit and not take a look at, hey, how did the Lightning play this year? It's been up and down. And over yeah. the past 30 games, it's been mostly down. Yeah. Right? Something worth noting. Very fair. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I'm in agreement with you on, I guess, your analysis of that. Yeah, because, again, like we we don't know. We're like we're assuming that they're just going to return to form, right? Mm-hmm. And they, I, I feel like I don't know. They have every right to have earned that assumption from us, but all it takes is one year where they don't return to form, a couple of games where they don't return to form, and then that's the series, yep. right? So, and it's funny because we said the same thing last year. Yeah, we said, and I will say the same thing this next year's, year. Yeah, this year, exactly. <laughs> this year's episode kind of feels like a repeat of last year, but. Still how I feel, still what the numbers say, still what the eye test says. So I'm going to keep going with it until I'm right. Right? Yep, that's the way to do it. That's how you win. Keep digging until you're dug. Yep. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> dig up, stupid. <laughs> um, What other points did we have? I think we went through everything, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, this is a, a bit of a long one. Thank you everyone for listening. If you have any feedback, any comments, any line suggestions, any hot takes on this series, let us know at rink rat report pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Any closing think, thoughts? Um, this is probably be the last time you hear from us before game one. Good luck to the team. Probably. Good luck to you. Yeah, you, the listener, thanks for sticking with us again through an entire season. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Let's go win a cup. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right, thanks everyone for listening. Go, let's go.